Hey y'all, welcome to The Ticking Project, ResEd's initiative to understand what makes us tick. I'm Mike McCormick, the coordinator of community programs and the host of this little podcast. On today's episode, I spoke with Dr. Gail Hutchinson, the provost and vice president of academic affairs at CI. We had an amazing conversation about a few important topics on the LGBT community and population at CI. So can you please introduce yourself and your role on campus? Sure. My name is uh, Dr. Gail Hutchinson, and I serve as Provost and Vice President for Academic Affairs, uh, which really means that I oversee all of the um, degree programs uh, for students and and academic support for students and and do my best to make sure that faculty and staff have what they need so that we can serve our students to the best of our ability. Cool. So when we talk about LGBTQQIAP alphabet soup, what do we mean? That question may sound like it's a given, but it's not for yeah. some people. Well, you know, um, so it means that we are concerned uh, about all students, um, especially students uh, who are diverse around sexual orientation and gender identity. Mm-hmm. So if I go down the acronym, let me see if I, let me see if I can pull this <laughs> off. Um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, Questioning, queer, intersex, uh, asexual, allies, and pansexual. I forgot one of those letters in my questions. <laughs> allies, yeah. Um, and I think even that ends up being a lot of, we'll throw in like demisexual or mm-hmm. another vari- sexual variation that I'm probably not aware of. Um, and I, th- I think one of the things that I appreciate is that it's the diversity of it around sexual orientation and gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think are some of those common experiences of LGBT for short students? You know, I, th- I think uh, for all of us, um, and especially perhaps for the, um, the LGBT community, is really wanting to um, feel included mm-hmm. in a community, feeling as if you can truly be yourself and accepted uh, not ridiculed or discriminated against or prejudiced in any way, uh, knowing that you're safe mm-hmm. and knowing that people are going to embrace you for who you, who you are. Yeah. And so um, some folks have positive experiences, uh, other folks maybe not have positive experiences, and then some folks uh, may just live in fear, not sure whether they come out or not, if the community is going to be accepting of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, specific experiences, I don't know, that depends on the individual. Um, but I know for me, it's important for me and everyone here at the university to make sure that all students feel safe and feel included uh, and comfortable to express who they are yeah. and be themselves. And uh, one of the, th- I really appreciate hearing that coming out isn't an experience for everyone. But a common experience is that safety piece. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people will take the idea of, like, it gets better. Like, it gets better when you're in college. It gets better when you come out. It gets better when you whatever. But for some people, that's not the case. Well, and and let's let's elaborate on that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also situational. You know, in in this community, it may be okay. Uh, In another community or social group uh, that a student or anyone belongs to who's um, part of the LGBT community, um, it may not be. Yeah. So I might be safe and comfortable and included here, mm-hmm. 
but perhaps I can't come out over here because it, it's not as safe. Yeah. And that, that travels with people th- uh, throughout their lives. Yeah. Because coming out is more than just like a one-time, mm-hmm. open the door, I'm out of the closet. Yeah. It's a continue, a lifelong process. It is a lifelong process, yeah. and it's lifelong and situational. Mm-hmm. Which, I, which, you know, makes yeah. it interesting because then everybody, well, those of us in the community have to think, is, am I safe yeah. today? Or am I safe? With, can I trust this community? Mm-hmm. Can I trust this person? This individual, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the points that you said as as the provost and as the vice president of academic affairs, like one of your biggest charges is the safety of students on campus. So what are some of the resources that exist on campus for LGBT students? Um, we have Safe Place. Mm-hmm. So Safe Place, hopefully um, students know about this, but it's opportunity for students if they see a Safe Place placard uh, that they know that the staff, the student, the faculty member... Um, has received some training and is open and, and should be helpful, uh, should have resources at the ready to help anyone um, who approaches them, especially mm-hmm. for the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we have Spectrum, which the Lavender uh, Luncheon has been a part of, mm-hmm. and that seems to be um, a, a neat community for students to be engaged with. And then uh, we have a special, a couple of um, special events, like Coming Out Week, mm-hmm. uh, Day of Silence, uh, coming out stars. I'm not really sure what that program is. It seems to be a training program. In yeah, areas. it's an icebreaker with um, that illustrates how. Speak going back to the coming out process of mm-hmm. how different people react to different it, to coming out in different ways. So, like some people that you get like a physical star, and it's a it's a pretty your star at the end of the activity remains intact. For some people, it's folded back, because, and then you can fold it back. Oh, that's a neat and, forth. and then sometimes you have to rip the star apart because it, get, it talks about a wide range, wide range of experiences from mm-hmm. full acceptance to suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an icebreaker that we do during trainings and okay. frequently, yeah. That's good to know. And then the residents, um, resident hall directors are, or the assistants are really, the RAs are mm-hmm. really important in this. Yeah. Um, but I would say for all students on campus, uh, faculty and staff are, are open and ready to be helpful. Yeah. Um, also with Title IX and VAWA, um, Violence Against Women Reauthorization Act, uh, we're doing a lot more uh, on campus to make sure that we have policy in place to help um, against sexual and gender discrimination and prejudice, and then guidelines making them much more explicit and available for students mm-hmm. who might have a negative experience to know where they can go for help uh, and what steps they might take to, to lodge a, a formal complaint. Yeah, and I, I, Title IX and VAWA are these policies that are really talked about a lot in student affairs especially and at the university as a whole, mm-hmm. um, but I think not all of us recognize that it applies equally regardless of it's, it's based on gender discrimination. So a gay male student is Absolutely. able to file a complaint using VAWA um, or Title IX. Mm-hmm. Um, or gender nonconforming students mm-hmm. are equally protected under that. Yes, and that's important. That's important for us to get that information out to students so mm-hmm. that um, everyone knows that they're protected. Yeah. But students don't live in the CI bubble for the mm-hmm. most part. What resources exist off campus for students? You know, I'm not as familiar with mm-hmm. that, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I 
off the top of my head, and since I'm relatively new to this area, I'm not sure. Well, and I, I, I guess I'm not, there are so many out there, and I, I'm just thinking to LA Pride and thinking of all the floats that I saw. Um, one, especially for college students, and I, that's near and dear to my heart, just because I volunteer there, is the Trevor Project, mm-hmm. which is a 24-7 suicide prevention and crisis intervention hotline. Um, so anyone across the country can call if they're feeling suicidal or if they're going to hurt themselves. Um, and they have like a website and they have like a Facebook page for Trevor fans and they have like an online chat. Mm -hmm. Um, so potentially that's something, especially I think for college students that utilize a lot Mm -hmm. when they don't. And we even have psychological services and support services here um, for people to talk to if they need to. Mm -hmm. Um, certainly calling our police, they would help with resources uh, some of the uh, sites that I like to frequent are Human Rights Campaign. Mm-hmm. So that I, I love that site because it gives me an idea of what's going on in the community and also what policies and law um, issues that we're working on state by state as well as nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also enjoy reading The Advocate. Um, which I'm is a also, big fan. <laughs> which is also online. And I know both of those um, allow or have links to resources. Yeah. Um, but more locally, I, I think... You know, that's a, a good indication that maybe I need to um, find out what is specific to to Ventura County. And honestly, the only thing in Ventura County that I know is Patty's, the, the gay bar in Ventura. So <laughs> maybe that's not the best that I need to do some research as well. Um, so thinking more, micro on campus, what are some changes or improvements that can be made to create the most rewarding experience for LGBT students? I think we need, um, and, and perhaps we have this already, but I would hope that student groups, so LGBT community group, mm-hmm. uh, student groups, would find ways to either through Spectrum or, or working with our RAs or um, uh, maybe during Day of Silence or, or some of these other events that we have, that they find a way that to offer suggestions to me and to the other, uh, to the president and other cabinet members about ways that we can improve um, services on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, I know that we're always working to develop an inclusive environment, keep students at the center of every educational experience, all students, um, make sure that if a student doesn't have a positive experience, that there's a clear-cut way um, that that student can let us know and we can help that student without that student feeling as if they've been spotlighted or or prejudiced um, through that experience. So I'm, I'm really looking for... I think we do a, a pretty darn good job through Safe Place and, and RAs and Student Life and, and mm-hmm. uh, even through Academic Affairs. Um, but if there are suggestions, I look to the community to um, step forward and, and make them and know that I'll take them seriously. Yeah. I th- it's a rare institution, I think, that someone from such a high hier- hierarchical place would take student feedback that seriously. I, I take think. it very seriously. Yeah. Having worked at a few institutions now, the anyone higher than a director probably wouldn't come to an RA training, let alone take that those suggestions so mm-hmm. strictly to heart. So I think I, I'm thankful for that. And I think that's a very CI thing. It is. I've, a, yeah. I've never had a president come to a staff meeting. I've never had a provost come in and just say, like, let's talk about LGBT students and this mm-hmm. experience. And so clearly know the experience on campus. Um, can you, can you tell us a story that's particularly meaningful for you in working in the community? Yeah, I have a lot of stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You know, I, th I think for me, and I'll go back to a couple of comments in, um, from the Lavender Luncheon, but the, the one that was most important was um, is thinking about the last 40 years, which I know is, is uh, you know, looking back at my journey and what has happened through current events. Uh, and I think a lot of steps have been made um, in making it safer today for um, children and, and for um, students, for younger people, and, and for people in general who are part of LGBT community. Um, at the same time, for every two steps forward, you know, we have one step back. Mm -hmm. So there are still a lot of concerns and, and still a lot of questions and, and uncertainty and, and not all, that people aren't safe or equal in all aspects of life. Mm -hmm. But when I think about the tremendous gain and that there are more and more young people who are feeling comfortable at being out um, at any aspect of their life or being out earlier in life. Yeah. And I have um, uh, a young friend, very dear to me, she's like a, like a goddaughter. And when I think of her experience of coming out in high school and living out and seeing how that really helped her self-esteem, um, how accepting her, her high school classmates were, um, her experiences both, both not only in school and then in college and then in the workforce, um, I remain so encouraged. It just warms my heart mm -hmm. that she didn't have some of the struggles that uh, friends of mine uh, and even myself at times uh, have had because it, it was, wasn't always as safe as yeah. we like to think it is. That said, the caveat to that is uh, I understand fully that it's still not safe everywhere and we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I think there are a ton of studies that say or youths are coming out earlier and earlier mm -hmm. at a really accelerated rate, something, I think the average coming out age now is like 15 or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I appreciate hearing that caveat that it's not safe everywhere and I think there are spheres in the community that are, have not reached the pace that kind of privileged LGB, LGB people have. I think it's something like 40% of trans individuals have attempted to commit suicide at least mm -hmm. once. Um, it's something like 18 to 20% complete suicide, or complete suicide is the wrong terminology, but kill themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so like you said, for every two steps forward, it's one step back. And mm -hmm. even there, there's weird intersectionalities that it's two steps forward, but then like four steps back. Um, but it does, it like warms my heart that like I could get married tomorrow if I wanted mm -hmm. to, or I could adopt in California, or I know that I'm not going to get fired for mm -hmm. this in California. Um, mm -hmm. But that's not the case everywhere. That's really true. You know, and I think about Supreme Court decision this summer, um, you know, that's terrific. Mm -hmm. But it still puts a lot of, states still have a lot of power to make decisions around certain aspects of gay rights and what that, what that means. Yeah. And so we have a long way to go, even though the Supreme Court has made a, a wonderful decision. Yeah. Um, the non-discrimination, Employment Non-Discrimination Act, that's been pushed for, what, the last 40 years, I mean, it still hasn't passed, and there's, we still are trying. And mm -hmm. so many um, folks within the LGBT community are, are discriminated against in the workforce, whether it be they might announce they're getting married and lose their job tomorrow to being paid less than somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, but at the same time, when, and you met my friends at the Lavender Luncheon who after being together for 38 years or 39 years, I forget which, um, they got married. Yeah. And their words to me were, 
I never thought I'd live to see the day. Yeah. And then other friends of mine who've been together over 50 years who still have trouble uh, acknowledging that publicly because they had to live in the closet and, and live in fear of losing their jobs and losing their homes and losing um, friends um, for more than a quarter of a century. Yeah. And I think in California, that's not... I, I, I'm thinking the, the gay kid in Arkansas mm-hmm. who their experience is going to be very, very different than, like, my experience was, than your friend's experience was, right. were, are. Um, and for them, getting married may never be an option. Right. For them, they could get married. I, I think of the, the HRC recently did this cool interactive, like, you could get married tomorrow, and then four hours later lose your job, and then two hours later lose yeah. your apartment. And that's complicated, and I don't think, I think, people saw marriage equality as that's it. Like right. that's all folks. And right. it's really not. And there are still a lot of struggles and battles to be fought mm-hmm. in this sphere. And then even, and so the complexity too, is that even though there are states like California who may embrace a number of these policies and laws that uh, help to make uh, spread equality mm-hmm. for people in the LGBT community, um, there are still places where, there is going to be an act of violence, you know, and yeah. it, it can be in, in uh, the town next door or uh, northern part of the state. It can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. But the thing to remember is that we, we, have to, we have to keep working together as a community and we have to keep uh, working together with both community members and allies and saying that, no, that's unacceptable. Violence is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. and keep, So we're not only pushing policy and law, we're pushing... Um, inclusive community, tolerable, accepting communities, yeah. uh, and not accept violence at all, yeah. and to, to really fight. And editors. I think it's important to underscore that violence looks different. Violence isn't... I think violence, the connotation is fists and weapons and bodily harm, but that violence can be just that marginalizing comment or the disparaging comment. It can be these microaggressions that for some people is very violent and mm-hmm. violent isn't just right knives. So you can right super uh, you can begin with the subtleties of, of you know a bad joke mm-hmm. subtleties of that marginalizing comment or microaggressions that you're talking about to more blatant bullying um, to eventual physical violence or yeah. a combination thereof. Yeah. And uh, it's important for us to to understand that, be aware of it and even to look for symptoms and signs of yeah. that so yeah. we can be helpful to others. I think resident assistants get that training of, of suicide intervention where, or depression. Like if, mm-hmm. you're, if your residents are giving away all of their belongings or if they have a radical body image change, like that's a sign that you should be really looking for something. Um, and that's one layer of it, but I think I appreciate hearing that we should be on the lookout for, for bullying, for, mm-hmm. for these acts of violence that... Mm-hmm that aren't always self-inflicted. And to find out how to, to, you know, if we are a bystander in the moment, to find out, how, to figure out how to interrupt. Yeah. You know, to not just stand by and let something like that happen, yeah. but to figure out how to interrupt that so that you can save somebody or, or be helpful to someone so they yeah. get out of that situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and we, I think we started touching on this a little bit, but what do you think are some relevant laws and policies that we should be aware of in working with LGBT students? With working with students, well, VAWA for sure. So Title IX, Violence Against Women uh, Act, the reauthorization of the act, 
um, the Cleary Act, uh, the executive memoranda that are coming out of the Chancellor's Office for the California State University System, mm -hmm. like 1095, 1096, 1097, especially um, 1095, Attachment C, which gets into uh, what students should do if they find themselves in a situation that they need to um, bring to someone's attention so they can get help. And then I also think 1097 uh, really is pushing universities to make sure that they have clear guidelines to be helpful. And I know that we're working very hard uh, to make sure that we're um, in compliance with all of what I just named and making sure that the information is made explicit to students so they can mm -hmm. be helpful. And I, I know RAs have a policy enforcement function in their job, but every other student assistant that works on, on campus has the mandated reported function, mandated reporting function. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, the Title IX coordinator at a previous institution I worked at said, all student employees are mandated reporters, mm -hmm. but every student is an encouraged reporter so that if they see something, they should be reporting into the appropriate place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's not something that I think we underscore a lot. You know, that's a really good point. And that's, that's a question I don't know offhand, but I do know our Title IX coordinator um, is working on all of that. Yeah. So that would be an excellent question yeah, for her. definitely. And then as we work with our Title IX coordinator, we're making sure that within this division of academic affairs, we're doing all appropriate trainings with, mm -hmm. with staff, student, and faculty mm -hmm. uh, regarding all of that. I think especially in, in student affairs, it's really easy to silo ourselves in, in the student affairs bubble. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, 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 I appreciate hearing that it's... Oh, it's cross-divisional. It's a, it's a cross-divisional. Absolutely. Yeah. And, to a, and not to a degree. To, exactly, it is across CSU, or CSU mm -hmm. units as well. Mm -hmm. It's really true. So, you know, we're looking across CSU, but on this campus, the president and each of the vice presidents, all of us, so that would be um, technology, business and finance, uh, student affairs, advancement, academic affairs, and the president's office, all of us are taking this extremely seriously mm -hmm. and making sure that within our areas, appropriate trainings and policies are in place. Yeah. Um, so what is one thing that you think student leaders need to know about working with LGBT students? Uh, that they're really cool. <laughs> we are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really cool, really awesome. Um, I, well, like any, uh, any good resident assistant, any good... Um, support person, any good um, helper, listening is, is really crucial, uh, getting to know someone. Mm -hmm. um, and then making sure that in getting to know someone, you, you're listening to hear their story, uh, that you don't put words in someone's mouth, that you um, hold confidences, uh, that you don't um, accidentally or intentionally come out for somebody, mm -hmm. uh, that you, you take their experiences very seriously. Uh, just make sure that, and be genuine, you know, be genuine and be someone that, that uh, people in the LGBT community, any student community for that matter, can trust. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the, so volunteering at Trevor, one of the points that they say is a lot of young people think that, and a lot of people in general just think that being gay is a burden or being gay is a curse or they did something wrong and that they're being punished for it, but being gay is a gift. Mm -hmm. that it can be this really empowering and this really special thing about you and that you make a connection with an individual regard mm -hmm. like, regardless of these social confines that it's really authentic and really beautiful. That's really well said. 
Yeah, that done is, this a few times. That's beautifully said. <laughs> um, are there any other talking points that you think are that we should touch on? I think I, this has been a great conversation so far. Yeah, no, I could keep talking for a long time about this. <laughs> no, it's just uh, embrace LGBT and and all the uh, letters in the alphabet. Embrace mm-hmm. people for who they are. You know, people are are wonderful and magnificent, and certainly people in the LGBT community are too. Uh, and just need an opportunity to express that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I really appreciate, and this I'm sure the students will appreciate hearing from, not to toot your own horn, but someone very important, talk about this really relevant issue and student population on campus and in society as a whole. Thanks for the opportunity. Of course. Uh, this is, you know, all things student are important to me, and this spe- uh, carries a special place in my heart. Same. Yeah. So thanks. <laughs> If you want to learn more about all things lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans, be on the lookout for Safe Zone training brought to you by the Center for Multicultural Engagement. You can also check out Spectrum, the LGBT student group on campus, or reach out to a pro staff member. If you have any questions or comments, at reply me on Twitter at highridemike.com or via email. That's all we have for this episode. Thanks for listening, and be on the lookout for more ticket.